Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, author and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. This show explores all forms of creativity for those searching for meaning and a place in the world. To err is human, but so is to love. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to Be Human. This is episode number 79, Candor and Communication in the Age of Denial. Well, I could probably say in the age of irresponsibility or age of unaccountability, but denial will, will work for this show at, at this particular time and, and what we're trying to do. If you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, especially uh, everything from publishing on down, um, we've, been, we've been going over the, the essence, what I feel, is of what a writer should be and how a writer learns to connect to themselves so therefore, they can establish a connection to the outside world and, and, and to an audience. And that's really the essentials of, of a writer is about fundamentally finding, finding their honesty and, and, and learning about it and then delivering it in, in an artistic form to the world. Maybe as a decoration of, hey, I found myself and these are some interesting things I like to talk about. Or I found myself and here's some lessons you can learn. Or, you know, I'm out there and I'm no longer hiding because now I can speak a truth about something about myself or maybe something I, I've learned about the world that I, I just kept kept hidden because I was afraid of uh, ostracization or I was afraid of, you know, being minimized or, or I was just afraid in general. And that's really the essence of this show, uh, Candor and Communication, because I find... And through my own fault uh, of just believing that writers uh, should be better than the average person, and, and quite frankly, uh, oftentimes they're not. Um, but I, it's always been a hope and a dream of mine that uh, as writers become more more knowledgeable of the world and, and more knowledgeable about themselves, that they you know they're kind of a step elevated above the regular person out there, that they see and hear and feel things that maybe others don't, and therefore they can deliver. You know, certain lessons and certain, uh, you know, pieces of wisdom, certain, you know, plans and planes of, of insight. But sometimes that's not the case. Uh, sometimes we have writers out there that uh, just want to be either self-destructive or, or, or they want to parrot, you know, whatever they heard on a, on a YouTube video, whatever they heard at, you know, some workshop or, or some political meeting. And, and I always find this disconcerting because... Not only does it hurt the writing for themselves, but in many ways it hurts themselves because they don't really have a full understanding of what they actually believe and what they what they actually know about themselves. So they wind up, you know, speaking things that they don't even practice, you know, and they, they do it to be popular. Or they do it to be, you know, with the in crowd or, you know, whatever uh, goes politically correct in the last 24 hours, because apparently it seems to change like every 10 minutes or something. And that in itself is very disturbing when you're trying to write and learn about things about yourself and in the world and you have all this nonsense thrown at you, you know, from a media that, you know, stopped being journalistic about, I don't know, 25 years ago. 
to to uh, to candidates on all sides of the fences over here that that seem to think that the best way to make a connection to the public is just to simply lie. And this is why I say that not only should we be better, I mean we must be better if we're going to be writers that are that are willing to challenge that and and sometimes just our our actions and words can challenge that because if we are understanding from the distance and observing this you could see the hypocrisy from not very far away and if if you learn to not parrot stuff you'll learn to to get rid of it out of yourself so that you can have a better a better inkling to what's going on and a better inkling to some of the troops that you found out there and in yourself. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be challenging a lot of these authority figures. We're not supposed to be agreeing with them or backslapping them or, 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 or just discarding half the junk they say because one thing we really agree with. I don't understand that. You got people out there running for office or in office that are entirely bigoted and entirely dividers of people. Yeah, you, you got folks over there that they're willing to just not look at the not look at that. They look the other way because there's one issue they like. So I'll just, you know, I'll just ignore the 40 years of, of, of garbage talk and everything because he must be a, a good man or a good woman. No. If you learn anything about writing, you learn anything about listening to what people have to say, and you learn anything about even the things that they, they, they write, you can see and hear what's authentic and what's not. You have to examine that. You have to challenge that, and you have to sometimes bring it into closer examination to your own life and, and what you feel that might be uh, the best course of action and what might actually be be true. And I say all this not to be political, not to be controversial, not to have a show where everybody's pissed off at me, uh, no matter what direction they come from. The, the truth of the matter is, is I honestly don't think that people can be effective writers if, if they're living in some kind of fancy world, if they're not really connected to what's going on out there, if they're not really understanding that what they say and what they do and even what they write can really have an impact. So how about you make sure that it has a good impact and it just doesn't add up to the to the to the to the white noise and the and the clutter and, and the nonsense that's out there because you're not then helping anybody to learn anything. You're just simply reinforcing, you know, all the garbage that's out there already. And we don't really we don't really need that. We we need writers that they're gonna challenge things. They're gonna talk about the truth. They're gonna bring up issues that that really that truly are important. I know for many writers that deal with uh, mental health issues, this is still an important issue to talk about. It's still, it's something that has a stigma. Hollywood still, you know, uh, literally every other veteran character has an issue that's going to explode into violence just because they were in the service. Yeah, thanks, folks. And I've challenged this already and written some of these folks and said, listen, you need to knock this crap off. It's just unacceptable to veterans out here, especially ones that are challenging themselves to, to do better and, and have have their life altered from service and, and trauma and injury you know to not be automatically looked at as some kind of you know criminal in the waiting or, or some kind of nut person or something it's just not when they've served their their republic and and, and their and their and their heritage and, and, and their country and, and and quite frankly when you serve your country in many ways you're serving yourself too They've done all of that, and, and, and to be just dismissed, you know, as, you know, uh, weirdos and, 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 and wackos and, you know, strange uh, people that um, 
we just have to tolerate. I mean, no, you have to accept and, and you have to make sure that you're doing whatever you can to not have a society that, that's sort of resisting them trying to integrate back into it, back into their families and back into their lives, maybe back into marriages that have been left in disarray because of the service that they put out for us. We got to keep that in, in mind. And also, we still have a lot of issues with with issues on, on, on sexism and, and on racism and, and on autism and, and people out there uh, talking about vaccinations like somehow they're evil and that they shouldn't be used, even though, you know, there's a thousand studies saying to, to the contrary. So we got to be able to stop that and not try to reinforce that. I, I can't tell you how many because I honestly don't even keep track. The, of, of poems and, and essays and friction pieces they get that, that have content like this that I can't accept. Not only because it flies in the, in the, in the face of my own values, which sometimes you got to publish anyway, and I'm okay with that, but it, it flies in, in, in the face of common sense and even sometimes, you know, common decency. It makes no sense to me at all that to have folks uh, do this and, and expect this is going to be, this is going to be published in the literary sense uh, because, um, uh, they are so strident about it, or uh, because they, you know, they took a half a day, and, and between the the two hours at Starbucks and, and the fifty seven minutes they were on the street protesting about whatever, uh, that now they have a, a right to be heard, and, and and we must publish them because, you know, they somehow have found some incredible meaning in life. Uh, quite doubtful. Most of these sort of things are are, are useless demonstrations, and and they don't do anything. To ever further an issue, I don't really find too many that 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 do, and I wish they did, but they don't. I mean, if you want to find an issue about gun violence, then let's sit down and talk about that. Let's not have a a march and a candle vigil, and the usual. Let's take our guns away from all the good people, uh, and don't worry about the bad people with the guns in the park because we're too afraid to ever do anything about that. Because God forbid they might call us a name. Ooh. Uh, let's not do anything about that. Let's not talk about any of that sort of stuff. And then you wonder why nothing really gets solved. Because we're not really sincere in what we're doing. We don't want to be as writers that part of the crowd. Because we're not going to be able to do anything then. Other than string against some words to prop up something that it's really not really helping society. we got away, got to get away from that, you know, that propaganda and just go back to art. Good art that even talks about these issues. Even when I don't agree with a lot of these, with a lot of these issues, and what some of these semi-solutions might be, good art still exposes that. It still talks about that, even when I don't agree about it. I'm happy that it's out there because at least the issue is being talked about, and 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 maybe eventually, if we got people talking about that in good faith, even again, if we don't always agree with each other, we might be able to actually come to terms. But right now, in society, it's it's probably the most polarized that I've ever seen. You know, in my lifetime, hell, we had more unity when, when Nixon was almost going to jail than the stuff that we have going on right now. It's just utterly ridiculous that you can't uh, trust a, a media outlet to give you anything other than whatever agenda they had 25 minutes ago when they had their board meeting. I mean, you're literally discussing what to tell me and what I should think. And then you're going to I'm supposed to call this news. It's unbelievable. And, and it's done on all sides. So. I'm not talking about one side or the other. It's done way too often on, on all sides, which means we're not getting anywhere because everybody has a talking point and everybody has an agenda and everybody has an issue that they're trying to push 
or, or somebody else they're trying to knock down because they, they think this is going to somehow make a better society. I don't, I don't know if you folks have really kind of grasped the fact that knocking down people, assassinating people, burning down things it has never solved anything in the history of mankind. It always makes things worse. It never makes anything better at all. Even when bad people are put away, it doesn't necessarily make a community better because they still have to deal with the after effects of everything. You know, who stood up to the bad person? Who did not? You know, who said something that was that was useful that eventually got this person removed from society so they don't cause any more harm? And, and who just let it go because, you know, they'd rather complain on TV than actually do something? Those things still have to get resolved. So even when you remove a bad person out of there, you're not really actually causing anything important to happen because you have to figure out how to prevent this from happening again. How, how do you cause the, the healing? How do you cause uh, people to, to finally get something positive out of something negative? We don't really seem to want to do that any longer. And I think more and more it's falling on on writers and, and artists to try to do something more about this in, in society rather than, than politicians who continue to fail us. Uh, it, it used to be that we had some mid-ground on a, on a moral basis, regardless of what church you belong to, that that, that pastor of that church uh, would be able to go out there. And because that pastor is not supposed to be a, a political member and not somebody that has a, an agenda other than whatever, you know, theology that, you know, they profess to, to belong to, uh, were able to uh, bring people together, was able to stop people from being, you know, reckless when, when, when things had angered them. But we see that becoming more and more compromised as well as we find churches with people who are stealing from them and, and, and churches that are betraying their membership with with adultery and, and, and child molestation. And, and, and then churches have often just threw away their theology just to side with whatever important political cause that, that they think is going to further something. So when that happens more and more, we, we see that that's another element that we can no longer rely upon or, or trust. Now, I'm sure there are plenty of individual examples where that's not the case. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy to see that. And I'm not saying they're all, they're all useless in, in trying to bring back society together again. But I am saying that they become very much a compromised institution. I mean, the level of religious faith in, in America is probably the lowest it has ever been. And not to, to support other people on the extremes that, that, that mock us for this. I mean, this is, I don't know if you realize, this is one of the tenets of, of terrorism, is that they, uh, they believe they have a right to do what they're doing because Western civilization has failed mankind and, and therefore can't be trusted. This is one of the tenets of their beliefs. Now, I'm not saying that they're right in this. I am saying, though, that there's enough evidence, at least superficially, for them to, to, to look at that, to look at a, a, a TV show or to look at something on the Internet and say, wow, these people don't seem to have any other belief other than whatever is the latest craze and, and, and the latest product and, and, and the latest celebrity acting foolish. And I can imagine from the outside how that might look, especially when you're an ultra-religious person. This is not to say that somehow some of the stupid things that we do here in society, based on, on of course, a free society, is causing these people to want to kill everybody. Because, you know, there's, there's no justification for that. Yeah, you can, you can criticize this society and, and, and others as well. I mean, I think Europe has the even lower church attendance than America does. 
But it doesn't mean that justifies murder or, or terrorism or any kind of violence whatsoever at all. It might justify some critiques, though, and I wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, it'd be... This is why you know that, 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 that folks like that are, are not really serious about their own religion. And that's why you really can't call them by their religion. You have to call them what they are, terrorists and criminals. And you can never take them seriously. Bin Laden was a perfect example of that. Here's the guy that was nearly a billionaire, okay? And he had some, he had some right causes about trying to help the Afghans, you know, kick out the Russians. And he had some right causes about that. You know, Saudi Arabia wasn't always a fairer society. It wasn't always taking care of the religious component that it, it swore to. And, and, and that it was an unusual thing to have a, a foreign a military base there. These were not uh, invalid thoughts to have. It's just the way he took upon it by, you know, murdering people and sponsoring all this sort of stuff. That, that became the problem that eventually caused wars and eventually caused his own demise. But some of the issues that are brought about by even the most, the worst people out there doesn't mean they're completely invalid. I mean, they, they, make, they do make some interesting points about, you know, the decline in, in, in our own civility and in our political systems and in, in, in our former religious beliefs where we folks just don't take that seriously anymore. It's no longer an active component of a lot of people's lives. And there's another part of the world that, that takes that seriously. It doesn't mean that they have a right to act like criminals, but... You have to wonder about what that has done to us as a society and, and what writers can add to help, you know, cr to create a, a, a better world here. Just because we're free doesn't mean we need to be a bunch of morons, you know, and, and, and we shouldn't ignore the fact that, you know, the breakdown in, in the family, what that does to a lot of communities, what, what, what that done to cause people to stray away into drugs, why the divorce rate is so much higher than anything. Why lots of people I know, you know, including myself, waited a long time to get married because I didn't see the merit in it when I was when I was younger. I didn't want to throw away uh, the writing and the traveling, the military service, uh, working in, 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 in politics, which I used to do, you know, a lifetime ago to try to do something interesting and, and, and constructive in society. We helped get the first governor of New Jersey, uh, who was a female elected. And, and, and benefit some of her interesting ideas that she did. Um, but what has that done you know, to us as a society? In many ways, it's eroded so many different things. And, and, and there's a lot of things that we can't count on anymore. We really can't count on the education system in, in America to be the, the, most, the most interesting and the most vital and the, and the most important because it seems to also you know, has been infected or, or compromised by the, the stupid politics that are out there and, and, and the strange notions that, you know, we, we need to, you know, uh, teach fifth graders, you know, 12th grader information and somehow this is going to magically make them smarter and transform them into super students that are going to, they're going to challenge uh, Europe and the, and the rest of the world and blah, blah, blah. I mean, these notions, even on paper, don't, don't make a whole lot of sense. You know, they, they sound like crazy pipe dreams by, by folks that, I don't know, maybe they're trying to sell the government some, some, some literature or some program to do this. Or, or, or maybe it really is just that benighted uh, of a stance that we really think this can happen. And, and it's proven to be an, an, utter, an utter failure and such a rollback on states now. They just don't even want to touch it anymore because it's just ridiculous. 
and we see this on on so many different things and this is like the, some of the writing i want to see about i want to i want people to bring stuff to our attention and to my attention and to to my magazine aerial chart or maybe even to the show that we could discuss some of these things and they don't have to be discussed in some kind of uh, partisan political way there's plenty of reasons and there's plenty of room to discuss some of the more important issues in our lives without all that that flamethrowing without all that stupid code talk without all that that political correct nonsense that that people just want to tiptoe about things you know they don't want to actually talk about that and this is what we're talking about here right now candor we don't seem to have it and we we need it we need it in the writing we need it in society. It needs to be brought back. We need to take it more seriously. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I walk around in work or in my uh, personal life, maybe at the sports field with the kids or in the educational system and I'm in a meeting or talking to somebody or even in church where I, I, I see people pulling back from speaking the truth because they're just worried about how that's going to sound or what impact that's going to have. I don't understand that. It's it's utterly ridiculous. It's hurting the complete way of our life. Where we don't have civility because we don't have anyone willing to talk about it anymore. You know, I used to live in Arizona, folks, for eight years, my wife and I, before we finally were able to have a child and, 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 and then just move away where we can be a little bit closer to the family again. But it allowed us to travel and do a lot of interesting things. It also allowed us to see and, and experience... A lot of the issues that people had over there with uh, with illegal border crossing and, and with people that that were there that caused harm that shouldn't have been there and, and how businesses would hire people. And when they cracked it down on that sort of thing, you know, it, it made an improvement and it made people feel feel safer. But also, uh, we, 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 me and my wife, we were able to see how so many times all the sides were simply not being honest about what their intentions were. You had you had Democrats literally just wanting them over here to, to make everybody else look bad and, and enroll them for, you know, new citizenry and, and, and new votership. And you had the Republicans just looking for cheap labor for their businesses. It didn't care what that did to anybody, what it did to the tax system, what it did to the health system, what it did to the security of the country. None of that. Nobody was being honest. And that's still going on to this day. And that was like 10 years ago that we moved from there. And it's only gotten it's only gotten worse because we have yet to have an honest conversation about it. I mean, is the wall necessary? You know, I don't honestly know. I, I do know that sovereignty is necessary and we do need to have a control over our own border. You can't be a country without that. You can't just let everybody in no matter what the circumstance are. You got to take some account to what. What the country can take is, you know, and the impact of it. What's the cost of it? What's the benefit of it? All these things have to be weighed. And when they're not weighed because everybody wants to be a, a politician and nobody wants to be a writer about these issues, well, we're never going to get anywhere. There's no reason why we can't have an honest and, and, and an important national conversation about this. Legal immigration? Sure. I, I, think, I think that not only is that necessary for a growing country, but it's really the only way that you should go. I mean, nobody else would, would, would tolerate this. You know, uh, we got people all across the border over here crying for, for Mexico. But have you looked at how they handle things, how rough they are with Central Americans, how ultimately in many parts of that country, they're extremely racist to anybody else who's Hispanic other than somebody who's Mexican. 
I, I've been there before. I saw plenty of examples of it. And it's heartbreaking. It's, and it's ridiculous that no one talks about that. Oh, no, let's not talk about that, Mark. It just makes it look like uh, they're really the bad guys. Well, no one's saying that Mexico is the bad guys. Well, I'm just saying that just like us, they're not saints in this issue. Okay? There wouldn't be so many people wanting to leave that country if they just didn't have their act together. There's no reason why that country should be poor with all the oil and all the incredible resources they have. But there's so much corruption. Again, no one's talking about that. Why don't we talk about why they're not able to take care of their own when they should be able to do? They should be able to do that. But they're not. Let's just talk about how America is being mean and not letting everybody in the, in the whole planet in. But nations no different than ours need to be accountable for their policies and for their actions. It's just that simple. And, and, and to not have a conversation about that because, oh my God, that's controversial. What, what's so controversial about that? If this is what we're supposed to be doing and this is what all nations are supposed to be doing, then why cannot these, these folks do that? It, it should be expected. And, and, and maybe in many instances demand it. Why not? Oh, this, that, whatever. I mean, I never, I don't get any answers for that. Why don't we enforce that? And I don't mean enforce that we have to make somebody do something, you know, that, that should be done. I'm just wondering, why is it not being done? Because it's the heart of why all these folks are leaving. And, and the great majority of those folks in, in in those caravans or in those movements to come here or to anywhere else that might be safer for them are, are good decent people wanting a life that makes sense and wanting a chance to you know to to do something that to, to have their children maybe possibly grow up in, and and do something important rather than you know dying before they're 18 of of, of diseases that have no reason to be there or bullets flying when there shouldn't be nothing like that going on. Schools falling apart and books not being present and, you know, people being taught in shacks and stuff. It's just utterly ridiculous. So those aspirations are, are legitimate. And we should be talking about those things and, and we should be writing about those things. I, I like to be able to see that. I love to see some poems that, that try to concentrate on some of these issues. I mean, we need to be able to look at that. So I, I say if we're really believing... And fairness, okay, if that's what we really believe in, and, and we're really believing in equality, well, guess what then? We need to talk about Mexico and, and the United States in those same terms. Here's what the hell you're doing wrong. Here's what the hell you're doing wrong. Can you guys not get together on this and figure this out? Oh, no, I, I don't want to do that, being in America, because I don't want to call out our neighbor. I don't want to call out the... Uh, you know, the folks that are corrupt because, you know, we do a lot of big business with them. So we don't want to do any of that, you know, uh, or, or um, no, we can't do that because, uh, you know, we'll be called names and we'll be we'll be racist and this and that. No, this is this is the problem because that's 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 why nothing gets getting done. That's why none of those issues, wall or no wall, are going to be are going to be resolved. They're not going to be resolved because we're not willing to have any kind of candid conversation about the true causes of this. Okay. And the true causes, I can tell you right now what I feel is you got a lot of horrible corruption over there and not a lot of accountability in, in Mexico and it causes these people to want to leave there. I mean, I used to live in Arizona and I'm telling you right now, I talked to people not even with the best English skills and they were still able to communicate to me that I don't want to be here, Mark. I, I'm here because I need to send money home because there's no jobs in my town. 
people get shot just for talking about things. Anything useful. Drug cartels running all over the place. The mayors are in the pocket of them half the times. The federal government is just worried about, you know, keeping its own, you know, corrupt status going. So uh, that's what they tell you. Because they don't want to be there. They just doing because they got no choice. You know, but how about somebody gives them a choice? Uh, so, so they could be in their own country and, and thrive and do what they're supposed to be doing like we do. There's no reason why that can't happen. And we can even help in that. But no one wants to take the stand to do something like that. Oh, I'm going to be called a name. This and that. I mean, it's just silly. And, and there's no, and, and I, I'm telling you right now, there's no reason they think that us trying to protect our border or, or, or trying to make sure that we're just not completely overrun in an unfair fashion and an illegal fashion we, we have a right to you know to guard our country we have a right to make sure that that people are there legally and we've done plenty of amnesty programs in the past you can't keep doing that forever i mean you'll have a hundred million people in in a couple of decades for what what have you learned and what have you done about that not very much then so this this is a, an important issue for us to try to resolve but you know to call it a racist campaign or to call it um, like some of these silly politicians Holocaust and it's just dumb dumb words for something that has nothing to do with any of that now um, are, are we wrong about some of the approaches that we've done and even some of the language that's been used to to try to uh, you know promote border security or, or promote a fairer and, and safer immigration oh heck yeah and and, and it doesn't help when 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 dumb people say stupid things, uh, even if they have the best intentions, because it makes things it makes things worse. It makes me even wonder, what in the heck? I mean, are you a, are you really a bigot? Because you have to wonder sometimes, and, and even I wonder. I'm like, you got to be kidding me here. You can't figure out a better way to say this or a better way to do this. You you, you can't figure way uh, figure out a a way to to not uh, separate families and and look like a monster. I don't care what the practicality of it is or, or, or the stupid legal arguments. Well, you know, if you commit a crime and you have a kid, you're going to be separated anyway. So what the hell is the difference? Well, the difference is, is we're doing it by the thousands and we're doing it right in the public eye. And, and we're trying to tell you that we want to protect our country and, and we want to uphold the American ideals. But if we're not being humane, we're not, open, we're not upholding any damn thing that's, that's American. We're just being complete morons. So and then of course when you do something like that you cloud the whole issue then so now we're going back to moronic behavior instead of the illegal crossings and, and what that does to the country and, and and how that leaves us vulnerable to disease and and, and, and crime and, and 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 tax tax problems that you know, because we have to help support all of that and, and all of those things that happen because of that. You know, and people in those towns that, that often can have issues and, and have to worry about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to raise a kid over here and I got like 10,000 people running to my yard over here and half of them, I, I don't I don't know if they're harming me or they just use me as a path to get to someplace else. You, you shouldn't have to live in a country and have those questions. We should be able to do more than we've done. And I know we're trying to right now, but as you know, uh, we, we, we have a leader that um, oftentimes uh, is, is speaking before thinking. And even when he has a couple of good ideas, it, it can get ruined by, by, by silly talk two hours afterwards. So it, it's not so helpful. So it, it makes it very difficult 
you know, to have the conversation. But I still think that we haven't had it really in order to try to achieve some of these goals and, and, and how we can be candid and how we can be trying to, a way to, to be positive and, and put back the country together again. Because I'm not believing this guy doesn't want to talk about things. I just believe that he's going to get defensive. He's going to shut down sometimes because all people are doing are calling them names and shouting at him. And I don't know how that helps anybody. You need to find out where, where he's coming from and, and where his where his heart is and where these issues are. And if we can't be honest about any of those things and all we want to do is throw rocks and bottles, well, nothing's really going to get done. And that's really, that's really sad because this is too important of an issue. It's not going to go away. You know, it's not. Some of the same people on the, on, on, on the Democratic and the Republican side had some of these same thoughts that this guy has had. Maybe they sounded different when they said it, or maybe they just were given more, you know, more credibility and, and, and just more support because of who they were. But he's not really saying anything that's all that dramatic, all that different, you know. You know, I, I, I'm told that the last president detained and, and, and separated families in worse numbers than this guy did. Of course, nobody wants to say anything about that because God forbid we'll be called the name if we ever criticize him. Yeah, and that's that's that was the problem, <laughs> you know, and that's going to become a problem with this guy, too, because we have the opposite now. All they want to do is call him a name. <laughs> they don't want to do anything that to figure out where can we meet him partway or halfway. Where can we where can we oppose him without just calling him a jerk all the time? And, and, and where can we support him when he actually makes some sense and, and does something that that's useful and constructive? And, and that's that's a that's a real problem, because. He's not doing this on his own. There's a lot of the country that feel this way. And it's a lot of the country that wants something to get done. And they're tired of things not being done. This is where writers come in. Whether they're writing a letter to somebody. Or they're talking to somebody else. Or they're putting out a, a fiction piece. Or an essay. Or an article. Or, or a poem. That gets to the essential truth of, of who we are as human beings. And, and who we are a, a, as Americans. You know. And... We're not the only ones facing this battle. It's just that we have a news media that, that wants you to think that. But if you start thinking outside of the news media, you're going to find, like I mentioned before, uh, a, a Mexico that, that's, that's ultra, ultra strong and, and ultra extreme about their own borders and about how they treat other cultures. They have lots of their own problems. And that's just not talked about. God, we can't do that. We'll look bad. Yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about the truth. We got plenty of other countries from Israel to Pakistan to the Vatican that has the world's worst immigration policy. The Swiss guards that spend their entire life guarding that way of life oftentimes can't even gain citizenship to the, to the Vatican. It's that restrictive. They have walls everywhere. If anyone ever been there before, you'll be shocked to see that. Yet we have a Pope that, that wants to talk... Uh, which I feel is just utter nonsense. It's almost like he's not hes not in the same world or on the same planet or he's just not occupying the same reality. Because you want to say, when you understand this and you learn that about the Vatican, I mean, what about your walls? What about your policy? Why do you have the world's worth immigration policy and you're going to criticize America for what we're trying to do? Right or wrong, what we're trying to do. How do you help that debate? How do you sound like you, you know what you're talking about? How can you maintain any credibility? I don't care if you're leader of the Catholic Church or not. If you're going to talk, then you, you're going to have to answer for what you're saying. Otherwise, you, you're just another, another moron out there. 
that that's not adding anything to the, to the debate, and, and that's what I that's what I get from the, from this pope, and of course I don't get anything from our journalists at all. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Pope. Uh, what about your walls? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Pope. How is your immigration policy so restrictive that even the people that help you and administrate that that government and guard it with their lives, you don't even let them become citizens? How is this possible? What do you say about that sort of thing? Why is that the case? No questions about that. No questions about the walls in India, the ones in Pakistan, the ones in Israel. What, these are not legitimate things? I mean, because if, if they're not, if they're legitimate there, why are they not legitimate here when oftentimes they have the same stated goals? You know, we're trying to stop crime. We're trying to stop uh, illegal border crossing. We're trying to, you know, control our own sovereignty and, and try to help maintain our, our way of life without, without interference. Uh, we're trying to force uh, legal immigration to happen so that we can have a conversation about that and we can have an examination of who we want to let into our country and who we do not want to. All of these other countries do this on such a regular basis and no one's talking about them. No one's criticizing them. No, we can't do that. Just Let's just talk about America. That's a problem. Because, uh, again, that's not candor. That's just selective outrage. And it, it doesn't do anything to help our debate. It doesn't help the, the writers when they fall for that stuff. Rather, rather than thinking for themselves. And that's what candor allows you to do. When you're out there and you start getting the courage to do so... You're going to have to think for yourself. You're not always going to win friends with that. You might win some here and there, but you're going to lose some people too. You're going to have some folks that are just not going to be happy with you. That's the way the world works, and it won't change with your mouth being closed. It's not going to change with you writing a poem where you're cribbing everything because you don't want to actually say anything that could be useful. Let's talk in code. You know, let's 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 use a rhyme scream or something. Let's let's just talk in in in, in the, the political language of the day. And maybe they'll get what I'm saying. Uh, no, we're not. We need to be more candid. We need to be more plain in what we say and what we do. Because if we don't do that, we're no better than the folks out there. And, and we don't really have any, I feel, any way to call ourselves writers. I mean, oh, we could just call ourselves parrots. Or maybe we can call ourselves mimics. Or maybe we can call ourselves counterfeit. Because this is what's happening to us when we actually just go along with what's going on out there rather than doing something and saying something and writing something to challenge it. It needs to be challenged. There's no reason at all why we shouldn't be having a mental health debate. There's no reason why people out there right now should be suffering depression and they, they, they can't talk about it because it's still a stigma and they don't have the resources and there's educational systems out there that just they label you and they want to get rid of you because they don't want to deal with that. And we still have a VA that still doesn't do everything it needs to do for its service members. And we still have a society that has so much violence in it and we don't want to ever talk about where that could be coming from. God forbid we talk about that, you know, uh, the collapse of the family unit has some real, has some real e explanations to some of this. And, and, and why we, we can't talk about... Uh, uh, criminals in, in the midst of, of minority uh, communities that do all these horrible things. Where are they coming from? Why is this happening to them? 
Why are we treating them different than the criminals that are, that are happening in the suburbs when, when the communities are, are more white? Why is the difference in the justice system for that? Why are we looking at that difference? Why we take one society more serious than, than the other? Why do we let a media only talk about race when it's about trying to beat up somebody white because they did something, God forbid, against somebody black? Why don't we actually just talk about race and get it over with? Talk about all the different sides to it all. All the things that can change and that should change. But we don't do that. It's always a, a controversial story. It's always some evil cop that's somehow ruining America. Uh, it, it's it, it's something that you know brought back from 400 years ago. Uh, it's still about slavery. Uh, folks, you know, uh, slavery was horrible. But it, it's not a relevant topic anymore. What is relevant is... Why are we letting banks redline people uh, when they're minorities so they don't get home loans? Why are we letting uh, institutions charge them higher interest than other people even when they have the same credit score? We need to talk about things that are relevant right now that have an impact on people's lives. Whether somebody is the, the great-great-great-granddaughter of a slave, uh, that's, a, that, that's an unuseful historical note, but it doesn't really help improve that person's life at the moment so they can get out and, and achieve things and, and be successful as they should be. But uh, an institution is going to hold them back or make them feel bad uh, from no fault of their own. Why are we not tackling those sort of things? These are the issues of the day that we're not doing very much about. I mean, it, we're having a whole lot of fun over here talking about immigration and, and maybe even terrorism and, and, and a lot of fun about, you know, talking about sexism and, and abortion. But again... These issues that I just mentioned to you right there, are they really on the top of everybody's mind? I mean, if you ask somebody in private, you know, I, you're not going to find a whole lot of people, even women. Uh, yeah, man, you know, um, abortion is, is truly the first thing on my mind. No, they're going to talk about the issues of what it is to be a woman today in 2019, where they were sold the bill of goods on feminism and in the end, they're still holding a full-time job, still having to fight to get promotions, still have to get fight to get the same kind of pay they have, still have to come home and do a whole bunch of housework because there's still guys out there that think that their only their only task in life is is to work a job and reproduce and drink beer. Well, no, that that that's that's something from the 1950s. That's not what your job is now. And you wonder why we have such divorce rates. And you wonder why we have we have women that are that are cynical on men because of this. Because of this horrible behavior and this nonsense. But a woman's going to be talking about the issues that are important to, you know, to her at the moment. And, and abortion is not going to be one of them. And if you listen to the top five of them, it's not even going to be in the top five. Yet, uh, according to um, the politicians and according to the news media, that's all that women talk about. Yep, I go to the water cooler. Yeah, 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 Mark, and abortion has to be stopped. And blah, blah, blah. abortion has to continue, blah, blah, blah. Uh, no, I don't hear any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I hear the basic issues that they worry about. They worry about the job security. They worry about, a, you know, are they going to hit a ceiling and not get promoted properly? You know, they worry about, a, is their husband going to walk out on them one day because they do have a career? You know, they, they worry about, a, are they actually being paid the same as the other guy, you know, a, a, across the aisle in the company? And how can they learn if that's true or not? And then what do they feel like when they do find out that's not true? What do they do? What action can they take? What laws are we going to put in place? You know? 
have we even tackled any of those issues? I mean, Iceland just put a law into effect that said everybody has to get paid the same when they do the same job, no matter who they are. No matter if they're gay or straight or male or female, transgender, whatever. Boom. Issue done. I don't know if, if it's a law that's needed in America or not. I mean, because ultimately, there's a lot of ways to make that happening that you don't have to force it legislatively. You can't legislate everything out there, but this is what they did. It's the solution they came up with. Maybe it's easier for them to do and enforce because they're a smaller country. But I'm telling you right now, um, we're supposed to be the greatest nation on earth, and, and you got Iceland already doing something that we should be looking at and talking about. But no, we're not talking about that. What are we talking about? The same stuff we've been talking about for the last 40 years. Oh my God, abortion might be overturned and Roe v. Wade. Oh my God, you know, I don't know if, if uh, people like me because uh, I hold the job. Oh my God, uh, maybe, hate me, maybe hate me because I the color of my skin. We keep talking about these things, but we don't have a national conversation. We're not being honest and we're not really prioritizing what's going to be important in people's lives. This is why, folks, Candor is so important. And guess what? In the most ironic fashion, oftentimes the only candor you get in America is at the ballot box. Why do you think this guy got elected? You think he got elected because people sat down and said, I think he's a brilliant businessman and um, therefore I'm going to trust him because um, he's going to come up with some really fantastic ideas and, and I like his haircut. No, they didn't say any of that, okay? They did it because they were tired of people lying to them and not doing anything about the issues that they care about. And they were hoping that maybe he was going to tackle some of those issues. And a few he has and a few he hasn't. But I predict you'll probably get elected again just because those same people are out there not believing anything is being, being done on the other side of the fence. All they're doing is hating the guy instead of trying to work with him. And, and that's a real problem. But... That's how candor comes out these days now, at the ballot box. And what do people do? They lie all across the board. I know people that voted for this guy that all they did all day long for months is like, no, I'm going to vote for the other person. No, 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 no. I'm not going to vote for that guy, no. Pollsters getting all these strange numbers. Oh, no, I hate that guy. And they run right over the vote for him. How do you think that happened? Hmm? Did that happen because we've become a nation of liars? Uh, no. I, I think it happened because we've become a, a nation of, of, of frightened people. Frightened of our own selves and our own thoughts and, and speaking them and writing them. You know, frightened of the person next door. You know, we worry about the green people coming down from space to invade us. You know, and how we're going to have a plan to welcome them and shake their hands and, and learn something. But we still can't talk to the brown guy down the block. But we can talk to the green guy from 5 billion miles away. Yeah, this, this says something wrong about us as a nation, as a culture, you know, even as a species uh, of humanity that we can't figure out the simplest things that we should be getting together. In the 21st century, we still have way too many wars and way too many famines and way too many diseases that should be addressed that are not being addressed. Too many social ills that are out there that are not happening. They're not being solved. They just continue on. And because nobody wants to be candid. They don't want to write about that. They don't want to say what I, I feel oftentimes has become, I don't know, the unthinkable or the unspeakable. But I say it all the time because I get so tired of, 
of the, of the wishy-washy fence-sitting nonsense. I know, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to write what I'm going to write because I know how important it is and, and how it needs to be necessary. It needs to be, you know? I've told somebody and they cursed me out, but I'm like, why don't you just put down the damn candle and stop these stupid vigils and try to figure out why these kids went in these places with guns? How did they get access to them? What did the adults do or should have done to help prevent that? Why did people ignore all the warning signs? Why is everybody giggling? Yeah, that guy's nuts. He, 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 he. Until he's sudden shooting at you. Then, then, then it's not a joke anymore, right? I don't know if you realize that. Have anyone learned anything from any of these events? If you listen to the facts that come out later on, you should be, you should be mortified that we, we, we knew in many of these instances that these people had mental health issues, that these people had access to weapons because their, their relatives didn't care about them. Their relatives just went on to their own lives not even caring. Some of the relatives were, were drunk and, and, and drug addicts and others simply had their own problems to deal with and just left the, the people by their own and they, they only got worse and got angry and, and then they, they struck out as society. I'm not so flippant to say that somehow we created these monsters because I don't believe that's the case. You got people that often already had problems, but I can tell you one thing, they're, they're horrible families and our horrible uh, non-solutions only exasperate the problem and, and only make it more easy for these folks to, to lash out uh, against us because in, in many instances, we not realizing what we're doing, we help them onto that path of destruction. And this is so much you can learn from that, but we don't have a conversation about that as we should. We should be talking about those things instead of trying to politicize stuff. Oh no, uh, Mark, if we can disband every single gun in America, Mark, there's just not going to be any more violence. It'll all be solved. You know, and of course, um, you know, they ignore the cars that are killing 60, 70,000 people every year. And, and, the, and the fact that We've had massacres with people using knives and machetes and, and homemade bombs. So I don't know. When you go with that logic, then you're going to take away the razors and the knives and the and the butchery equipment and you know the people who are throwing the other people underneath a tractor or, or running them over with a car or or, or making some some uh, Drano poison that you can put into somebody. Or a really good trick is uh, you know to slip the antifreeze into people until they get poisoned to death. Let's ban that too. Okay. Because these things are not happening because those instruments are out there. They're happening because the human condition is, is, so, is so flawed. And we still have a society that, that won't take any of the issues that are underlying this sort of thing seriously. We don't take mental health issues seriously at all. Because everybody's afraid to be called a name. Or they're afraid we might go too far. Or maybe an innocent person's going to locked up in an institution when they're not really unstable makes no sense to me to not look into these things because it's going to help solve a lot of these problems because quite frankly nearly all of these school shootings happened from people who had mental illness there wasn't anybody there that was a terrorist they didn't come from somebody else i gotta kill these american kids right now no and in many instances these shooters didn't even kill themselves they were gleeful and gloating over it like they did something maybe they lived such lives of, of, of powerlessness that 
this was their act of, of gaining some kind of power. It doesn't legitimize what they're doing, but it helps you understand more about the ones that can still be in your midst and what you can do about that. Because if you're not willing to do anything about that, they're continuing to come to us. They're continuing to hurt us. And that's not going to stop. And, and what are we doing about that right now? We do the same three boring things that we've been doing for the last 25 years. Okay? Um, a bunch of people call for gun control. Um, somebody wants to uh, raise money for a memorial at the site. And then a bunch of people uh, with candles at night hold a vigil. I know that people think that these things are worthwhile. And I know that they think in their hearts that this is something of respect. But I'm telling you right now, they're meaningless gestures that don't get to the heart of what needs not to be necessary. Nobody's lives are being saved with this. It's just a way to not tackle a problem. And, and, and you're just making it worse, in my opinion. And I don't know how that does anything but harm people. If I was one of the family members of these victims, I'd be yelling and cursing at you. What the hell are you having a vigil for? Can you figure out why my daughter's been slayed? Can you come up with a solution? Can you do something that's going to make us safer tomorrow? Because burning wax at, at night and, 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 you know, and, and chanting hippie sayings, that's not doing anything to make anybody safer. Okay? And thinking you're going to ban guns is, is not only impractical, it's ridiculous. Because you're not going to ban them from the criminals. And, and, and these people who have these mental health issues, they don't have to worry about going to a store one day. Because all the stores will be closed and all the guns will be banned. Fine. They're just going to go to the park where people are going to sell them on the black market. And they're going to go underground to get them. And they're going to still have them. And then we have nothing to protect ourselves. Other than the cops that, you know, after 10 minutes of responding, everybody's dead already. So there you go. No, a solution. We need to address why these things happen. And I don't think it's a difficult thing to address if you have an honest, candid conversation nationally about what we should be doing. Can we do something in society that makes some sense that we can all start to, uh, to agree on rather than dividing each other and, and, and coming up with political solutions that make you look cool in your community but doesn't really do anything to help solve anything. I mean, I know right now that that uh, drugs is still a serious problem in, in the country. But if we're going to be candid, okay, I don't know why legalizing pot is supposed to be some wonderful thing. If we know that drugs are not good, if we know they cause us to, to, to get ill and, and slow our reactions and, and don't do anything positive for us in the end other than getting somebody high, I don't know why that's supposed to be such a wonderful thing. Why are we doing this? And, and you, you hear the, the most idiotic answers. None of these answers make any sense. Think about it. Well, I'm doing this because, uh, and truthfully, uh, Mark, uh, the war on crime is, is simply a, a failure. And, and it's really a fallacy. And, and it's really just stupid. We can use the law enforcement for other things. So why not we just try to benefit from the taxes and, and do other cool things with it? We can, you know, build some nursing homes and... Maybe we can use the drug sales to stop people using drugs. I, I love that logic. That's just wonderful, you know. Um, this is what folks say now. Yeah, they, they've, they've come to the conclusion that it's a moneymaker. And somehow by doing this, we're going to put the drug dealers out of business, you know. I haven't seen them go out of business then. I haven't seen them come out in, in, on public and say, you know, in a ski mask. 
Man, it is so difficult to sell these drugs ever since uh, Colorado legalized pot. I mean, I'm having all kinds of problems over here. I might have to get a job soon. This is just too deep for me. I can't handle it. Uh, no, they're laughing. They're laughing because in the end, we're siding with them. And when we do that, we're siding with criminals who we've been saying to the last hundred years of society are criminals and what they're doing is wrong and now we're doing it. We're the drug dealer. How wonderful. I don't see how this helps anything. Now, they got people out there that make the case, okay, that marijuana can help with glaucoma and marijuana can help with some pain situations and this and that and whatever. Okay, fine. I've seen enough scientific evidence to suggest, yeah, there's some, there's some truth to that, okay? But you don't need to sell pot to every single person on the planet to do this. You can still have it a controlled substance. You can still dispense it with licensed pharmacies that, that do this and have special prescriptions and, and make sure the person is truly in need of this and go about your business. I'm not saying you should, you should stop doing this to stop all drugs, but I am saying that, again, you don't need to make it available to the, everybody on earth just because you're trying to help that 50 or 60 glaucoma patients or, or maybe a couple of those people that are of vomiting from uh, chemotherapy so they can keep some food down and not lose a thousand pounds or something. I, I got that. But you can still do this and you can do it smartly. But as you can see, oftentimes when people do this, they have other agendas in mind. And the agenda there is just to make money for the state. That's all it is. I mean, I heard of pot money going to, to, uh, to law enforcement people so they can get uh, video cameras on their, uh, and, 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 and bulletproof vests. I love being a cop hearing that stuff. Hey, man, thanks for that pot money for this vest. I feel more safer now. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Until a pothead starts shooting at you. Okay? Because that's what's going to happen next. You're not going to feel too grateful when that happens. Yeah, thanks, pothead, for buying this and then shooting at me. That's what you look at when you have that kind of ridiculous circular logic. That makes no sense at all. And you know when you do this, it, you, you already have people right now. I'm telling you, it's not hard to follow the, 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 the sick logic of all this. So the moment this is done, and you have some other states coming on board, now you got people saying, yeah, we should now, um, we should now legalize magic mushrooms. You know, peyote, the stuff that causes you to, to literally have delusions of, of demonic grandeur. Yeah, we should legalize that now. That, 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 that's good. That's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. That's what you have folks saying right now. And I'm not telling you that the people are saying this or, you know, some, some crazy hippie person from Woodstock. I mean, people in suits and ties are saying this, okay? People were supposed to be responsible. Oh, yeah, pot's going pretty good there, and the world hasn't ended, so let's try this, you know? What is next, okay? Soon, um, yeah, Mr. Pharmacist, after you figure out, you know, mixing that, that, that antibiotic for my kid, uh, how about you cut me a couple slabs of meth, okay? Because uh, that's good for me too, you know? And, and the state will like that because they want the money. All right? Just just reduce the power on it. So, I, you know, my high doesn't have to be 28 hours long. And maybe it's just two hours long. Hmm? This is the stupid logic of that. And we don't have a legal conversation about this. We don't have a candid conversation about this. You got too many people talking about freedom all day long. But they don't want to actually practice the responsibility that's necessary to have freedom. Folks, freedom isn't even free. <laughs> okay? It comes at a cost. It comes from the blood of, of, of people that are out there protecting this nation and making sure that you do have those freedoms. But it doesn't mean that you, you have this complete freedom to be a complete idiot and, 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 and do things that are going to harm other people. So this whole idea of legalizing drugs, stupid. 
makes no sense at all. We're only hurting ourselves. I hope one day people are going to get wise up and start rolling this back. Because it's, it's one of the, the dumbest ideas uh, that I've heard. It really is. And it doesn't have any moral sense to it. It doesn't at all. It's just about money. And if we're going to be honest, and especially if you're one of those people that believe that pot should be legal, please, for the love of God, be honest about it at least. You know, it's all about recreational drugs and making money for the state. That's it. That's what it is. Just call it what it is then. Please don't give me all these glaucoma stories and all this crap about freedom and, you know, it'll save the cops that would not worry about arresting me. They can go arrest other bad people. Yeah, how lovely. Dumb logic. And we see more and more times here that, and, and the president was right to call out some cities that are simply falling apart. And, and they're falling apart because they have uh, corrupt administrations. They have administrations that are not doing right by the people at all. And, 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 and trapping them into lives of, of utter poverty and, and, and violence when the, the cities could be a real engine to help people out of that. They don't. They just become a, a tax haven for, for corporate thieves and, 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 quite frankly, a political machine for all kinds of different parties and ideas. But I don't know how any of that helps anybody. It would be lovely to have a national conversation about what we're going to do to start building the infrastructure of the country. Why are we not having a conversation about that? Why are the roads all messed up? And why are the bridges about to fall apart? You know? Why, why, why are we not cracking down even more on, on people that drunk and drive? I mean, it, it, right now it's becoming such a standard thing that, you know, people literally openly confess that now. Yeah, I had a DOA about, you know, six years ago, but, you know, I'm cool right now and, uh, you know, I won't do that anymore. I call a taxi. You know, I don't know why you'd even want to mention that. You, it ought to be keeping that to you, to yourself. There's no pride in that. There's nothing wonderful about that. And it, it's it's just complete nonsense that you even did something like that, you know, and, and, and violate your license and, and, and violate, you know, your, your own safety and, and, and that of other people. I mean, we have so many people that die every year from that. And we, and we, we worry about, I, I feel, the wrong things. And why do we wrong about the wrong things? Because people don't want to have that candid conversation I'm amazed. I really am. When I talk to people, and I don't care if I'm the stranger or they're the stranger or not, there's things you could tell people and that you can talk about that have nothing to do with violating your privacy where you don't need to be a two-faced person. You don't need to be some fence-sitter. You don't need to be a, 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 an aberrant liar to get things across. But so many people do this on such a regular basis. You have to wonder... How much of that is in our national character? How much of that is, is, is hurting our culture as, as Americans? How much does that hurt humanity of the people that listen to this, to this show outside of it? I mean, because um, I'm not saying America is some horrible cesspool and everybody else is, you know, paradise, you know. Sure, we have our issues and our problems, but we're still a wonderful place because there's still wonderful people out there that are trying to practice the right thing and trying to live the lives that they should and, and, and trying to uphold the values that are important to be, you know, free Americans. There's still places out there that don't have though, that freedom, you know, and, and, there, and there's still countries that that practice different forms of government that are not necessarily bad because they're different, but, you know, they have their own, you know, pitfalls and those things as well. And uh, we don't often talk about that. We just selectively take certain things, you know. Yeah, I, I wish that... Um, uh, we have free education like Denmark has. 
Uh, okay, that sounds really cute and, and, and so you examine what you're saying. Because most people, when they say that, they don't examine it at all. They just put it out there. Like, you know, we're bad people because we haven't thought about that. Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we haven't thought about taxing people 75% like they do, okay? No, I'm sorry. We haven't, we haven't talked about the strict quotas that every year go into effect in a country like that where they literally have a board that says, hey, this nation can only really absorb about 28 doctors this year. So if there's 50 doctors that's graduating from the medical courses in the college, they might have to go to Sweden or Norway to try to do that because they can't even do it in their own country because they might not be able to make that quota. Maybe they have to wait another year. Maybe they have to wait another two years. Maybe it won't happen at all. Maybe they just move away. It's the same thing with, with lawyers. They, they have these lists. I mean, that's the kind of society they have because it's that planned and it's that controlled. And it's not a coincidence that a, a country like that had some of the highest suicide rates in the world. Why is it that the country that everybody says is the happiest in the world and the most prosperous in the world and, and, and the most cleanest in the world and, and the most fun. And I've been there a couple of times, so don't get me wrong. I love it there. Okay. But why does it have amongst the highest suicide rates in the world? It's just slightly below Sweden, which has a similar situation in government and has suicide rates that are absolutely uh, abysmal. Why? Well, I'm not telling you right now that I, I think I know the answer, but I could tell you one thing. When you're telling people there's things they can't do because you have a quota, when you're telling people that, yeah, it's cool for me to confiscate about three quarters of your salary, I'm not going to give you all these so-called free things, but then I'm also going to tell you what to do for the rest of your life and how to do it. Uh, no one's really feeling the freedom of that. They see that that has such a high price, you know, and to not think that that doesn't play into you know, a, a, a national uh, depression that, that's that's kept below the radar of, of the media and of the world and, and, and it's not really discussed about a lot and no one's really seriously tackling it over there. Uh, well, they, there you go. And it, I, I, do I have the perfect answer of what's going on? Or, or Probably not. But it's not hard to sort of figure out that some of those things I talked about, they definitely play into that because... There isn't anything in the water that's causing any people to do this, okay? And just because cigarettes cost $7 a pack, it doesn't mean someone's going to go, I'm going to kill myself. I can't afford to, to smoke anymore. No, that's not happening there. So why the nation of America, which uh, lots of people uh, from, from Canada and Australia and New Zealand and, and even Scandinavia like to mock as being such a violent place, why is our suicide rate not even close to lots of these countries. I mean, why don't we hear about that? So I tell people all the time, because I talk to folks from these countries, have friends there, been there, um, and of course, uh, uh, accept writings from people from there. I just counsel them, don't forget, after you talk about all the issues I'm having over here and that we have to deal with over here, let's just not forget yours, because uh, I know our media is not going to talk about it. They're not going to say that. They're going to just bash us in order to promote them. Yeah, we should have free education like Bernie Sanders says because it works so great in Denmark. Well, is it working that great in Denmark, really? Is it? You see all the pitfalls that I mentioned. And there's even more than that. We don't have all the time in the show to talk about that. 
Does it mean that that's a bad system and, and what they're doing is, is horribly flawed? No. If they feel it works for them and they're free people and this is what they want, well, then that's what they get. But it doesn't mean that anybody else needs to, to copy that. Uh, who knows what disastrous results that would get somewhere else. And quite frankly, we don't really know the true sacrifice and the, and the true pain and the true cost of, of that uh, to that society. It could well, well be a lot more enormous than we realize. Maybe even what they realize. But again, we don't have the candid conversation, even between nations, to, to figure that out. You know, it's just easier to make fun or, or, or to point fingers or, or to say this thing is better than that thing. I love being in Canada. I love being in Denmark, okay? I love being in Sweden. I love being in Norway. Love being in all those places. I really do. But at the end of the day, I was happy to go back to the United States. Not because there's anything wrong with those places, because there's not. But I feel, in the end, that the freedom we have over here, to me, is worth more than some of the trade-offs that you get in those places. Because that's what it is. You're trading some off. I mean, I remember being in Germany, which is the country I lived in the most of all the foreign countries I was in. I mean, on and off, I was in Germany for five years, okay? And I've seen people put the Heil Hitler sign up in, in, in the city block and have two cops literally beat them to death practically with, with batons and drag them away and they get two years without parole just for saying that in public. Now, I'm not saying that Hitler's some great guy. He's one of the most evil people in the world. But I'm not really sure how saying something that stupid deserves getting nearly beaten to death and put in jail for two years. That's certainly not freedom of speech. I don't know how you're supposed to think that you're stopping a resurgence of Nazism by beating up anybody that says Heil Hitler. It's stupid. And that's what they were doing over there. And they would defend it. Oh, Mark, you can't have it at both ways, you know. You can't you can't get mad at us because we caused the Holocaust and, 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 and the war and everything. And then when we're trying to do stuff to, to make sure that it doesn't come back again, you criticize us again. I'm like, no, that, that's, that's, that's crap thinking, okay? You, you can't ban the guy's book <laughs> and, and say you have a free press, okay? You can't ban somebody and beat them nearly to death because they say his name and, and think somehow you're stopping anything. You know, you might want to think about why somebody wants to read that book. Maybe you might want to think why somebody wants to do that. Are they trying to get an attention? Do they just think this guy is cool? Maybe you should be looking at those things first before you're just trying to superficially handle something that in the end you're not solving. In fact, you might make moral people like that because they're like, hmm, maybe there is something to this because the government is so against it. They're beating up my friends and they won't let me read the book. What the hell is in that book that would be so important? Hmm. Yeah, that's what you do when you do that. That's why freedom is so important. Let some people read that. And then they find, you know, a convoluted book full of stupid ideas and, and unscientific notions and, and history that, that's completely wrong. And if you know anything about the German language, not even written in, in, in good German. Written like, like some guy that barely has an education. And this is supposed to be the genius leader of the world. A dummy with a stupid mustache and a dumb book. I mean, come on. That's what you'll get from a lot of people if you just let them read it. They'll get that. It's not hard to understand. You're not going to get too many people that are going to be that fascinated. Oh, don't let them read it. They'll be fascinated. No. They're going to be disgusted. They're going to say, how can you implement any of this sort of stuff? 
How, where's your proof that any of this makes any sense? Why is this going to work? Well, we already know it didn't work. Tried it. Stupid failure. Horrible murder. And, and, and nothing got achieved other than nearly destroying you know, a country that was already practically destroyed from the first war. Yeah, let's have another one and, and really destroy it. That's why being restrictive is, is, is so stupid. And that's why candor is so important because it, it casts the light that's necessary for us to see things. You know, it casts the, the conversation out there, which can sometimes be rough. I can imagine a true national uh, conversation on race in America and have it televised. I can just imagine the stuff that would be said and people being mortified and, and, and crying and, and screaming possibly and all of that. But maybe that's what needs to come out. I mean, Nelson Mandela, he did it over there in South Africa. You know, because this is a man that they put in jail for nearly 30 years. Now, don't get me wrong. He did commit crimes, even though they were political, and even though he felt that he had some real moral justification to kill cops because they were going into the communities and just simply murdering people at will. He felt he had a right to do that. But, you know, it's still... Even though it, it was a racist nation, it's still uh, it's still a law that you just don't murder people. So I mean, he did go to jail, you know, for murder. So it wasn't like they were just putting him for political crimes. I mean, he 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 became unfortunately a murderer. He was so upset with everything that was done. He was right about what they were doing was wrong. He just went about it in a wrong that, a way that in many ways made him like them for a little while. And I think he understood that later on. When he had talked about, yeah, I, I mean, I literally became the enemy. And they put him in jail. Almost 30 years. Put him in an island, practically, and kept him isolated for everybody so that he don't influence people to, you know, to do more of that. But guess what? He gets out. He doesn't have that hatred anymore. He understands what needs to be done to go forward. And he has a reconciliation committee where people can come on all sides and talk about in truth and candor with not having to be prosecuted or even persecuted to admit what happened so that the nation can be cleansed, so that people can start learning to forgive themselves and, and, and maybe even forgive the other ones on the other side. So you had white policemen coming there saying, yeah, I, I've had instances where uh, I went into somebody's house and, 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 and I shot them and sometimes killed them. I didn't even have any legal cause to do so. That wasn't even the person I was supposed to be looking for. I just did it because I was a racist. I did it because I was angry at, at people that constantly were causing harm to my country. Forget about it, it was their country too. My country. And But this is how they talked in, in this commission. But it was the truth that needed to come out. You couldn't ridicule and mock them. And I'm not really trying to do that now either. Because you still have to in the end have some respect that somebody came out there. And oftentimes when you saw these people talk this way, if you ever seen some of the videos of this, even the most grueling people telling you the most grueling things, you can see in their faces that they wasn't going back home with pride. That they knew that they did horrible, wrong things. That they knew they had to account one day to a God that, that's not exactly going to be uh, giving them the, you know, the, the good shoulder. And, and maybe they understood too that that confession was good for not only the nation, but maybe for their own soul. Maybe that's the only way they're ever going to find forgiveness in, in the universe that, that has to wonder about, oh, how did I create you to do this? And of course you have, uh, 
you know, a black folks that, that did a lot of wrong things, uh, political and, and, and otherwise, you know, crimes and, and murders and, and, and sometimes in, in torture, you know, burning people's houses down and, and, and all of that. And, and none of that was, of course, justified. And they understood in, 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 in dispensing what they did that ultimately they, they became the enemy that they were opposing. And it had just made two enemies doing ridiculous things for, you know, 50, 60 years. But what that did was that helped start healing the nation so that you didn't have to have a civil war. Because I can tell you right now, without that commission and without Nelson Mandela being the kind of incredibly human being that he was, that was a nation that would have went to civil war. And I tell you right now, uh, the, the white folks wouldn't have been winning that one. They would have been in the ocean someplace, you know, swimming somewhere else because they, they would have been destroyed because of, of what they of what they did. You know, it was so horrific and, and, and so wrong. But he understood that in the end, the best way for that nation to come together was to simply get this out in the open and start trying to move forward. I mean, if you ever saw that movie Invictus, you saw, you know, the pride of white and black people playing soccer together against other nations for the first time, being one nation and, and, and under one flag and, and having one common goal. And not necessarily to score a goal with a soccer ball, but the one common goal that they're playing with each other instead of hating each other. And they're playing with each other instead of shooting each other. And they're playing each other instead of looking at each other like, like they're the enemy, understanding that they're a fellow countrymen and countrywomen. And, and that's what he did through the power of forgiveness and for the strength of a human being to understand that in the end, if he was going to save his nation, he had to save the people that were so-called bad just as much as the so-called good ones. But I tell you, if you ever watched and listened to that commission, I don't care what color you were looking at, you saw a whole lot of bad people. I'm telling you, there was no saints there no matter what side they were on. The stuff that I heard, the stuff that I'd seen, I mean, it, it, made, it made Nuremberg look, look like Disneyland, okay? I mean, because that's how rough it was. And that's what people were doing, you know, throwing tires with gasoline on people because you think they betrayed your village and was cooperating with the white police, which sometimes did happen. And I don't say that that's the, the proper punishment for somebody like that, but that happened so many times. And you heard stuff like that in the commission, you know, you heard people saying, I probably killed more black people than I did white cops. Unbelievable to hear these things. But this is how that was going spinning so much out of control and, and destroying a, a nation that should have been focusing on, on being one of the more wealthier and, and interesting nations in Africa in terms of being a real financial engine and, and instead just becoming a, you know, a horrible cesspool of, of violence and, and, and idiotic politics to, to, to now get themselves out of that you know, and start to, to move forward. That's what candor can do for people, and that's what candor can do for my country if we're willing to adopt it, if we're willing to start talking straight with people instead of all of this double talk. Stuff in, in America right now makes, makes Orwell probably proud if he was still alive. My God, they're talking just like my book. Yeah, they are. We got Newspeak, and we got double talk, and we got sex crimes in our brains and all this other nonsense, but we don't really have the truth. You know, they say the truth in the American way, but I don't know. Maybe we have the American way, but I'm not really sure we have a whole lot of truth anymore because more things can be accomplished if we actually had that, and we don't. 
So let's try to renew ourselves, folks, and try to, you know, relive our lives with more, with, with more truth and, and start looking at the other side of things and, and see where there's going to be some commonality. See where there's going to be ways where we can talk and, and, and communicate. It's still possible to do. We're not so far gone that we can't do any of this. You know, we still are America, an incredible uh, experiment in freedom and democracy for the world to behold. And I don't say that in arrogance. And so if someone listens to this con uh, from another country and says, wow, that's something to say. Well, hey, that's what I believe. It's what a lot of Americans believe deep down inside, that we're, we're, we're a huge beacon uh, of light and hope and, and, and freedom. And we want some people to try to adopt some of those things. But I, I, I don't have any problem saying that in many instances we've we've lost our way and i and i i find that to be incredibly saddening it, it really is and i don't mind admitting it because again it's the candor that's necessary for us to to be able to go forward does this mean that we have lost you know the uh the goodwill of other nations yeah maybe sometimes does it mean that you know we don't have any right at all to to lecture somebody about certain things Maybe, but not all the time. I mean, I, I, I have no problem telling a, a, a nation or, or, or a country or a culture, no, you, you shouldn't forcibly circumcise women and think this is just some wonderful ancient practice that, you know, it got passed down and you shouldn't say anything about it because you're, you're, you're mocking my culture. No, there's certain things that you shouldn't do. You know, and mutilating women, I don't care what your reason is, is disgusting and wrong. And we don't do that here in America. We don't allow that. No matter how weird we might be at times, we don't certainly allow that. So we, we still have things to say about, about torture and about mistreatment. And yes, we do have things to say still to Saudi Arabia about what they still need to do to have a freer society, to have women that are not cowered in a corner someplace because they're afraid the, the religious peace, uh, police are going to beat them or they're afraid that the, the head of their government might not be as sincere as he says as he is about you know certain uh, reforms that you know he keeps talking about, but uh, we're not really seeing too many of them. We can still talk about that because we still have a nation that has, uh, and I feel, some of the most uh, intelligent and the most free women able to do just about anything that, that men can do. And, and we continue to see that now and again in the military, in the fire departments, in the police departments, and as doctors, you know, even into certain cases as, as politicians. I hate to say it in a, in a horrible, ironic way, but uh, unfortunately, uh, we've created women politicians that in many instances are no better than the men. So if we're looking for equality, well, there you go right there. They can lie just as good as we can. I don't really know if that's the equality we're looking for. But I do know that it says something unusual about, you know, the older ideas about, you know, when women get in power, Mark, uh, they're going to guide the world in a much moral uh, manner. And they're going to be able to, to use the maternal instinct to, to really, like, you know, catch people by surprise and, and help them, you know, gain some uh, more of their inner light and, and have the more access to wisdom. And I don't know if you noticed the last 50 years of women politicians, a lot of that hasn't happened. I see them acting just like men, talking just like men, having those stupid ideas that men have. So uh, all we did was just put a woman there. We didn't do anything useful or, or brilliant or, or anything like that. There's a few examples of, 
of women of, of incredible bravery as leaders, like uh, Benazir Bhutto, who was assassinated, you know, for, for some of her beliefs and, and for being out there. You know, you have, you have a few of those. Uh, Margaret Thatcher not talking like a man, not having men ideas, just standing up for her nation and, and not kowtowing to just a bunch of uh, nonsense and, and, and just simply saying, hey, I'm going to wear this purse and I'm going to put this lipstick on. But, uh, you know, if, if you mock me or you try to, like, take me down because I'm a woman, I'm, I'm going to kick your ass. And I might even send a, a battleship over there to blow you up because you're not going to take my island just because you're so close to it. I mean, the woman declared war and carried it out and won. She was not playing any games. So you have a few examples, but you don't have as much as people claim there would be. And why is that? Is it because people are, are simply cross-infected with some of the same nonsense that we, we have to deal with and they're not being candid? Or is it because it's really the positive proof that people are equal because they do some of the same dumb things that everybody else did? That might be some truth to it. It might be humorous too, but there might be some truth to that. But we didn't have some incredible awakening once we put all these women in office. We had them pretty much doing some of the same things. Big deal. That that, that really pushing society forward. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have women out there as representatives because we should. I think it's extremely important for the daughters of the world to be able to see that and understand, you know, that the 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 the, the corridors of power you know have women and have their thought frame and have their ideas in there I, I, I'm all for that because I happen to think that's extremely important it's why I publish so many women and, and, and why I promote so many women because we need to hear what they have to say but ironically they they seem to have a, a greater impact at the ballot box than they have to do in actually being in office so I'd like to see more of that happening I would love to see some some ones that, that have some revolutionary, interesting ideas other than, you know, the same kind of canned stuff we've heard already from guys, you know? I mean, right now, you, you got that AOC girl, and she sounds no different than, you know, Bernie and, and, and all those other folks that practice socialism. So like, this is not an example of somebody that's out there doing something new and interesting. This is somebody just simply talking that stuff, but she happens to be a woman. So I'm expecting that we're going to have more as time goes by and as uh, people become more educated to, to the process and, and they want to do something about fixing society. You know, I'd like to be able to see women being paid the same as men. And I'd like to see women take up that issue more and stop worrying about some of these other issues that people are not really putting the same value on. You know, the average working woman right now She's not really dealing with abortion, so it's not really an issue for her anymore as much as is she's worrying about harassment. What are we going to do about that in the workplace? Why are we going to let people get away with that stuff? Why don't we have stronger laws? Why don't we hold companies accountable? Why don't we take away their, their tax break when, when they allow that crap to happen and they don't do anything to their executives? Why aren't we doing stuff like that? This is the kind of stuff that we should be doing. Uh, as women leaders and I don't hear them talking about that enough I, I don't I don't hear them talking about equal pay I don't hear any of that any anymore I just hear that the same stuff we've been hearing over and over again guess what it still hasn't been overturned it's still legal and it's probably going to be that way forever I don't care how many Supreme Court justices they put out there because I'm convinced that people even when they say they don't they don't believe it it should be on the books they privately believe it should be on the books 
And it's going to stay that way, including the justices. So the fear and the paranoia for something like that, to me, it's misplaced. It's a waste of our energy. It's a waste of our political capital. And quite frankly, it's a waste of our conversation. We need to converse about the violence in our society and the inequality and the, and the harassment and, and the non-addressing of, of, of mental health issues. And, and, in, and of course, we need to have a... a, a probably not one conversation, but a series of conversations that start talking more about race and talk more about it in a, in a practical and a commonsensical manner. Because when we do, we're going to start learning things about other people and about ourselves that maybe we won't like, but it doesn't mean we can't change that. That's what writers are supposed to be doing. And I don't even think we do anything like that. I mean, I'm not saying you need to stop writing about the poem is about the birds or, you know, how cool the forest is when the when the frozen snow lands on it. Or, you know, the, the samurai being an honorable figure in the village and helping to uh, uh, have the laws being obeyed so that people be treated fairly by, by the, the master of that region. Great. Those are all wonderful things to write about and, and, and to even talk about. They're great historical things. They're great cultural things. They're great artistic pieces. You know, but we also need to be able to talk about some of these other issues that we somehow think are, are some kind of kryptonite. And that's really our problem in a nutshell. Too many of these things we don't want to talk about because we've made them into kryptonite. And I, and I think in many ways, whether it's subconscious or, or deliberate, you know, we've done that on purpose because it's easier you know, to, to cloud it up so we don't have to actually deal with the fact that maybe a lot of us who claim that we're not prejudiced, maybe we are and we have things that we need to work on ourselves. You know, uh, maybe we don't care about pay inequality because, you know, we're on the guy side or we're getting our money, so the heck with them, you know. Maybe whatever, then maybe they don't deserve it. I mean, that that's how some people probably think. And they don't want to carry the ball for that. And maybe you have women out there that are like, hey, you know, I'm tired of fighting the system. I'm tired of fighting guys. And I, how does this, what does this do for me later on when I come back after having a pregnancy? And, you know, I have these people after me. Or, or how do I lose a promotion because I'm worried about trying to get equal pay? Maybe I'll just get more money that way by working for the promotion. So it, it, it means in many ways that we lose candor because we keep settling we keep compromising and we, we keep talking around stuff or, or denying it or or just not want to work on it because it's going to involve us. Oh, man, I'd love to talk about the issue if I wasn't also guilty of it. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's why a lot of times candor doesn't happen. And it's why I often reward people who can be candid, even, even if they think they're saying things that I don't exactly uh, agree with or even appreciate. I'd rather hear that than have to guess about where they're coming from or, or, or wonder, you know, um, boy, that, that seems so polite and perfect. Uh, was that canned? Was that rehearsed? Is that just a standard thing people say just to, to get out of some kind of conversation or just get out and have to actually speak the truth because, you know, God forbid, you know, I'm on a train and uh, I don't want to have a conversation about anything other than, the you know, the weather and, uh, you know, the coolest uh, Tesla that came out. To me, that's not even a conversation. I mean, folks, if we're being honest here, 
okay? Whether people should be glad that we haven't caught on that they scam us and that if they had their salaries pegged to their accuracy, they'd be the brokest people on earth, okay? They're half the times they're wrong or they're tragically wrong. And, and they have satellites and modern equipment and they still don't know what the hell they're talking about. This is a science. Really? How the hell are you wrong so many times? If it's a science, shouldn't it be a little closer to being accurate? More times it's not. But they claim they got Doppler radar and they got satellites and they got maps and, you know, and we, we don't. All, all, in the end, all we see is when the meteorologists, uh, women up there, half of them look like they're models. And 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 the guys up there, they, they figure that I got to play the goofy thing with the corny tie and, and the stupid jokes because that's how I'm going to get some attention. I, I don't know how this helps us with our weather prediction at all, you know. And, you know, I'm not even a weather person anymore. Now I'm a meteorologist. That's great. And you're a bartender now? No, you're, you're a drinkologist, you know. I don't know. I guess if you clean the pool, you're a clean poolologist. I mean, everybody's an ologist, you know. But how about we just try to talk more plain? Because this is one of the problems that writers need to, to really break through on with their writing. By being more plain, by being less coded and, and less, I, I feel, uh, less overusing words to get across the same thing, you, you, just, you just add to the, to the problem because people oftentimes use language, and we had a show about this, you know, the weapons, of, I think it was the weaponization of words, yeah. Uh, they, they use these things as, as, as veils over things, as curtains over things, as sometimes even weapons you know, for things, rather than the words being helpful to try to start igniting a conversation that might get to the truth and help people start resolving and fixing things, you know, they just become a, 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 another tool to maintain, you know, the secrecy or maintain the, the trauma or even just maintain the confusion that seems to be more deliberate every day. You know, we, we don't get the truth from the government. You know, we don't get accurate weather predictions. You know, we, 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 we get political ideas and solutions that don't make any sense. Uh, in 10 years, we should ban all cars and airplanes. Folks, I'm not making that up. That's actually what was said. That's what's in that green, that new Green Deal thing. It's literally in there. <laughs> how, how is this supposed to be helpful? How does this ignite anything other than you're just not dealing with reality? So, I mean, we're not going to get anywhere with crazy ideas like that. And we're certainly not going to get anywhere by talking the same way that Orwell predicted we'd be talking and how we would harm ourselves, how our words and our lack of candor and our two-faced actions and our fence-sitting, how that was going to aid a future dictatorship, how they'd be laughing at us knowing, God, I don't even need to enslave them. They're practically enslaving themselves. All I got to do is shout a couple commands out and sit back over here and let them just ruin everything for themselves. I don't even have to do too much. That's where we're heading. As a nation and maybe even as a world to a certain extent. Because writers are supposed to be able to provoke things to help people think. To help people take off that scab to understand what's going on. To take off the bandage. To, to throw away that crutch. 
and to stand for themselves and to stand up for themselves and to stand, I, I feel, down on things that are, that are wrong. Just not to shout it down, but explain why it is wrong. And you can't do any of that when you're not candid and you're talking coded language and you, you just simply don't want to deal with some of the more pressing things. They're not going away, folks. They're only going to get worse, just like a cancer. That's what they're going to do. And many instances, writers are simply aiding in that instead of, instead of, uh, instead of challenging that, instead of even attacking that. They're just aiding in something like that. And we don't help our city and our country and even the world if we're adopting the same stupid things that other people are doing. We need to be able to be someone that's teaching them something different, someone that's showing them another way, someone that's explaining to them that what's being done is harmful to humanity, how we don't have a future if we can't figure out how to fix the things down here. And when I mean future, I mean a future in the stars. Why would those aliens and those stars out there, why would they want to welcome us when we're so damn violent, when we're so damn stubborn to not accept some of the most basic things that are down here, when all we're doing is, is hating each other and not speaking the truth? Why would we think, other than arrogance, why would we think that somehow... We're not going to carry those diseased ideas to the cosmos. That we're not going to pollute other planets. That we're not going to, you know, take a dump on the moon instead of doing something useful. That we're not going to, you know, piss all over Mars. You know, what? that we're not going to be racist on Jupiter. That we're not going to kill an alien because, oh my God, it looks different than we do. Let's shoot it. We're going to carry that garbage out there. And why would they want that out there? If they've done anything to visit us, they know anything to listen to our, our programming about out here. They know that we're we're ridiculously dangerous, and and that we're un, that we're unreasonable, and that we often abuse our technology, and that often we abuse things that are different, and we abuse each other, and oftentimes, uh, if we give up, we abuse ourselves. Who the hell wants us as a reliable partner when we're just not reliable at all as a species? Look at that animal. It's different. Let me go shoot it because I can put it up on my wall. Hmm. Who wants somebody like that in their club, in their neighborhood, in their society? You know, and I'm not trying to rip off Star Trek over here. But, you know, if there is some sort of, a, you know, organization that, you know, collects different planets to, to sort of uh, promote some kind of, uh, you know, intergalactic peace. Why would they want us as a member? <laughs> You know, they they might want to come down and get rid of us because you know we're 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 annoyingly dangerous, and and continue to prove that when we go someplace to do something, we're not always going under the best intentions, and that we're not always putting our best foot forward. That we always seem to have an agenda versus something of good faith and and, and true exploration and, and 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 brotherly compassion. We don't seem to have a lot of that. You know, in, in, in the kind of amounts that we need to be able to show somebody that, you know, we're worth a chance to, to take a shot on. I'd vote against us in a heartbeat. I'd tell the aliens right now, just go back to planet Xeon or whatever the hell you're from because we're not worth the gamble. Well, we're not worth it yet. And that's what I would say to them. We're not worth it yet. Maybe one day. Maybe there still is hope for us 
as a species, you know, maybe the human condition can be fixed or changed. I mean, there has been progress. I mean, in many instances, in the last even 200 years, there are more freer nations. You know, there are not formerly anybody out there anymore as, as a government that holds slaves and thinks this is a great idea. Um, women are more free now in the world than they ever have been before. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot more to go. But so there have been serious social progress to, to be able to tell somebody, at least in an honest fashion, hey, I mean, you should have seen us 200 years ago. So if you think we're dummies now, imagine back looking back then, you know, but I'm not still sure that they'd be that convinced. I mean, I mean, I, I'm if I was them, I, I really wouldn't be convinced. I'd say, yeah, that was certainly a step in the right direction. But um, you got a whole way to go there, baby. You really do. And uh, maybe we'll come back in a couple hundred years and, you know, reevaluate then. That's probably what we need. And uh, we're not going to learn it from them. We're going to have to only learn it from ourselves. It's one of those tough love sessions that if we don't figure out how to have, you know, we're going to be eternally at war with each other, with ourselves, and then ultimately, you know, with the universe out there. Because we're always going to think, we're the victim when the truth is is that more times than that we tend to be the villain and that's why there's so many problems in our world and why writers should try to figure out themselves how not to be a villain not to be a victim go out there and try to show people the, the, the way to go it's not that hard to do and uh, quite frankly if we don't do that I, I don't really see really what the purpose of writing is anymore if we're not out there at least once in a while saying something that should be said that's not being said i'm not saying you need to go out there and everybody needs to turn into malcolm x but it is important that we have those moments when we're like i'm gonna put my foot down this is this complete idiocy this is what i think this is what i need to say this is what i need you to, to consider this is what i want you to stop doing because when we don't do that and we stay silent or, or we just want to write about something safe like, you know, Batman or something. Well, then we really are copping out and we're not adding anything to society. And speaking of Batman, if you're writing about Batman and you're still not doing anything about the world, why even worship the guy? Because this is a this is a character who's rich. He can live a life in a mansion with the house full of naked women. And drink all he wanted to and never have to worry about paying the bill. Instead, he's out there, you know, trying to make the world better. And remember, he's not like those other superheroes. He doesn't have all these special powers. He's just a, a dude that's really fit. He used some money to make some technology to help him. But he's about as human as they're going to get. And he's out there trying to do the right thing. So if you want to love him, you know, maybe you could take a couple of his examples then. Because... I, I say that it's okay to be a vigilante when you have it in your heart to try to do something constructive. And maybe that's what we need to be sometimes as, as poets, as, as writers, is to be a bit of a vigilante, you know, to, to you know, metaphorically spray paint something that says we are here and what you're doing is wrong. And we are here and our voice is going to be heard too. And it's going to clash maybe with your voice and maybe this should because as long as you get to say everything and nobody else does, nothing's going to change. All right, folks, 
that is it for this show. God bless you all for everything that you've shown this show and all the comments, the support. I, I couldn't be any any happier uh, with the with the response that, that I've gotten. Um, obviously, I don't know what I'm going to get on this show uh, because it's probably a little bit more social and political than I've probably ever done before. But I thought that in many instances, it, it's it's gotten to the point where it's become necessary. You know, we're going into uh, a time in 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 a society here in America uh, where if we're not learning to speak up, we're going to be drowned out by by crazy voices that are not being practical or reasonable or even sensical. And I don't want to fold my cards, and I don't want my my children wondering what's being said, and should they adopt that? They should have. You know, an alternative. And if that alternative simply just means just the candor of the issue, even if we don't come with a solution yet, that's still better than letting people, you know, shout out nonsense and, and not have it challenged. We're writers, folks, and we we deserve better as a society and, and, and we should be better in order to help the world become better. It's really what we're supposed to be doing. It's why I feel people being called to, to write. So give that some thought. You know, give that a, a chance. Because if they're going to take that old saying of give peace a chance, well, it, you know, peace isn't a noun. It has to be a verb. It has to mean that you're doing something. So do something, okay? God bless until next time. This is your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, a writer, definitely out there doing something. And this is Strength to be Human. You have a good evening and God bless. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by purchasing an ebook at Soma Publishing, www.somapublishing.com.